How's it going, everybody? On today's show, we are talking about the current state of Major League Baseball. I am going to review the new movie, Dragged Across Concrete. And finally, Tom and myself will rank our top five favorite baseball movies. And yes, Sean is not here because he is useless. All this coming up on the Unemployed Guys podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Unemployed Guys podcast. I am, of course, one half of the Unemployed Guys, Luch Konis, joined, as always, by not Sean. He's gone. <laughs> Still not the other half of the Unemployed Still not the Guys other half, podcast. But Tom is back. I He's am. He's making his second uh, co-hosting show in a row. Hi, Tom. Hi, Luke. Cheers. Cheers. With our refreshing cups of agua. Water. Now, so usually when uh, we cheers, usually one of us has a glass or a Michelob Ultra bottle. Right. And Sean has like a coffee mug or yeah. a plastic cup and makes a funny sound. But since we both had plastic cups. Right. Um, There's no have, clinky. We have to work on our comedic timing a bit. <laughs> I feel like this is a bit of a job interview. It's a bit, it feels a little bit different because usually, well, first of all, the listeners can't see at home. The way we're right. set up, it's like we're on an awkward date at Olive Garden. We're not across the table from each other. Right. We're on that like 90 degree kitty corner right. thing. We're sitting in our normal seats. Correct. We didn't want to. Yeah. Well, when you were gone the other day, I, I just was killed off. I didn't feel right sitting in your I seat appreciate while you that. were gone. And yeah. now that Sean's not here, I don't feel right about sitting in his seat while he's gone. I, I pre- it's like he died and like we just haven't gotten over it yet kind of thing, but we still keep right. all his belongings in yep. his room. Yep. I, knowing him in that room, that's probably where he died. That thing is a death <laughs> trap. That's true. He could die in there. We would not know he was in there. Who knows? He made fun of me. Like, I, heard, I have some bones to pick about the last episode. There were some <laughs> comments made uh, that I could not defend myself, right. but I'm back. Well, now that he's not here, now we can make fun, we can of, make him. fun of him. Exactly. Um, I was going to say, I, when we did the movie episode, I don't think we sat in his seat. The bonus that when Anthony no. was here, I think it was the three of us, right? right. Yeah. Okay, it was. I'm yeah. making sure. That's nice that we yeah. did that. We don't want to. We don't want to kill each other off mm-hmm. too soon. But yeah, Sean is uh, taking off this episode. He's back home, hanging with some friends and family. So I'm back. It was nice to kind of have an episode off, and that's how it goes. We're making up the rules as we go. Um, you guys did a nice job on Thank the Friday you. episode. I actually enjoyed it. I laughed really hard. I laughed a bit, which is good. Uh, I'm glad you guys talked March Madness because that's something that I don't know right, anything about. It's not my yeah. wheelhouse, and I thought you guys had a very pleasant conversation. Uh, the Mike Trout stuff was—I could have held my own there, but I thought you guys did a fine job. I don't think there's much to say that I can add. He's the best player in baseball, and he got the biggest contract of all time, and he deserves right. it. So, yep. I mean, unless they're gonna give Jordy Mercer a big deal, <laughs> I don't—I don't know beyond that. And then uh, you talked about us. And the screening went well. It did. I'm bummed I couldn't make it. I had it some things going on, but you went to it and saw it, and I liked your review. Thank Sounds you. like I need to see it. I should, no, <laughs> Sounds I, like I need to see it based <laughs> off your review. No, I'm telling everyone, um, I think I want as many people as possible to see that mm-hmm. movie because I want to know their thoughts. Because I think it's a very thought-provoking movie in a very different way than Get Out was. So I um, have not really seen... I've only listened to like one review and that was from like the guys at Collider Live and, and everyone there and the guys and the gals I should say excuse me I'm such a, a turd yeah. um, I've listened to the crew let's put it that way at Collider Live and they said that it's this is a straight horror movie right whereas like and I think you even mentioned it too like where, Get, Out, where Get Out has like the social commentary implications right. this is like straight yeah. horror Get from Out, Get Out more of a thriller mm-hmm. us horror movie cool great alright I'm gonna see it I think I need to see it in theaters too would you agree 
or did yeah, you, I mean, just for I've, the same sake yeah, of time, just because that way you're more in tune with the talk of it, you know, as it is coming out, as it's coming out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll see it sometime soon. I'll try to see if we can talk, and then I can give my thoughts on air. Okay, great. Everyone wants to hear them. I have some thoughts about the Friday episode. <laughs> there were some comments made. The first of angsty teenager when yeah. I watched the Tigers. That's that's not true. I prefer idiotic man child. Okay, that, okay, we can I, run with I, that. I prefer that. Um, what else? Actually, Sean did make me laugh quite a bit. I think I told you this last night when he said, uh, "It's like Luke seems to be very happy about how they're playing in spring training." I keep telling him the games don't count, but it's true. As if I'm not listening. I know they don't count, but it's just it's encouraging, right? You know, and also when you. I don't know. After the lull, I mean, I feel like I haven't really watched them play good baseball in three years. So to see them playing even somewhat right. decent baseball, although the games don't count. You know that phrase, hope, hope, hope springs eternal? Yes, I do. That is like synonymous with everyone and their baseball team I agree. in spring training. You said it good too, or you said it very well as um, in the last episode. That like the first two months, everyone's optimistic because even last year the Tigers weren't right. horrible. They they competed those first two months, and then they played a series in Cincinnati in like the second week of June, and the wheels fell off the wagon. Right, and then it was a shit show from there. Uh, but yes, I think uh, I am optimistic. I'll always be optimistic, and no, I, do, I think every I, team, I think most every fan, is optimistic about their team to a degree. Mm-hmm. You have to be you have to be also realistic, like. For teams that aren't stacked, you have to, like, we can be good if everything goes right. Exactly. It just very, very rarely does everything go right. Yeah, that's fair. And those better teams are stacked to where they can still succeed if things don't go right. Well, if you're a a Cub fan or a Red Sox fan or an Astros fan coming into this season the next couple of seasons, you're not really sweating like, God, are we even going to finish 500? Like, right. where I'm with Detroit right now, I'm kind of like, it would be great if they could have, like, a 500 season and maybe even go, you know, I'm going to butcher the math, so I'm not even going to try. Let's say, like, 84 and 82. Yeah. Would that be the right math? Or am I, did I add too many games? 81 and 81. 80, 81 and 81? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, who knows? Yeah. But, um, yeah, well, just just something above that. I, I, I don't expect – I'll always think positive, right. which is funny because you made a great point. I am synonymous on Twitter for when the season begins for giving them a lot of shit. Yes. And I always do try to give them the positive spin, too, when they do play well. Because I think you can't just be one-sided. Uh, you need to acknowledge the good and acknowledge the bad. Granted, there's been a lot more bad in recent years, which is why I think that's more uh, prominent on my Twitter feed. Also, I just am pretty good at talking trash in general. Right. Right. Uh, but I wish them the best. I'm confident. Yeah. I'm going to love them to the day I die. And if for any reason they ever win the world series and i'm here i'm gonna burn this place to the ground in excitement <laughs> uh not of anger uh there's a rule change this year that i think could have an impact on the tiger season as well is the the trade deadline they oh yeah it's the just the one de- right yeah it's just the one trade deadline okay. and it's a hard deadline it's still the end of july end of july, okay. july 31st um but there's no waiver period after that so, so, say, so the non-waiver it, well, one's done yeah because normally after july 31st you could Put a guy on waivers, and mm-hmm. if he got claimed on waivers, you could work out a trade with that team. Well, now yeah. it's just straight waiving him. You yeah. can't like work out a trade. If you're going to waive him, you have to waive him. Oh, okay. And then a team could pick him up. So there's no trade. <laughs> it's a hard trade deadline. Is it? So it's like one of those things where if a, a team that is playing surprisingly well that you didn't necessarily think you w- mm-hmm. would, like let's take, for instance, Tigers. the Tigers this yeah. year, they might be less inclined to trade away some people at the deadline mm-hmm. 
if they're closer to being in the race. Yeah, well, I've said that from the beginning. If they're yeah. competing, go for it. Because right. there's never a guarantee the next season, right. you know. Even if the rebuild, quote-unquote, is in full swing, there's never a guarantee. Yeah. Play the hot hand. Uh, is it bad that I can think of... <laughs> You want some obscure tiger facts? I know you love them. Yeah. Uh, that I can think Who of. Who doesn't? <laughs> that I can think of a couple of their non, uh, the waiver deadline trade, yeah. whatever the second one, let's call yeah. it. Uh, I, I remember one season they went out and they traded for Aubrey Huff. Okay. And I believe Wilson Bedemeet were okay. two of their after the regular trade deadline. I know those I also guys. I don't think. There was a year they got Jared Washburn, too, from the Mariners in 09, but I think that was during regular trade deadline. But he was having, like, a really good season. Um, and then he came to Detroit and it was just, just garbage. Awful. Just god-awful. And I don't think I ever heard of him again after yeah. that season. So, but yeah. Yeah. On the flip side of that coin, you might yeah. see some bad teams or teams who are, like, they're not sure if they're in or out sometimes. Like, towards the beginning of July, they always give themselves – those extra couple weeks to figure it out before they trade guys off. I think you might see some of those teams trade those guys off early and not be willing to take those extra couple weeks to figure it out. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's just, I'm, I don't know how, how, where you stand. I feel like maybe we're in the same boat. All these rule changes in baseball in general, like the the new, I don't like the new, is it is the one rule in effect this year about the pitchers coming out of the bullpen, they've got to face at least three batters? No. Okay. Not yet. I thought I saw. I, I excuse me. I thought I saw them. Yeah. Tinkering around with that during well, spring gonna training. Do, yeah, they were. I don't know if they were tinkering in spring training because there was talk about it. But baseball likes to use the minor leagues as like their testing ground for this kind of stuff. Which makes like they're sense. doing the batter. I think they're doing the batter thing in the Atlantic League this year, which is one of the minor league systems. Um, they're working out the robo ump thing. Um, oh. I think yeah. too. Um, <laughs> And pitch clock still. Yeah, um, I think pitch clock is fine. I think yeah. mound visits is fine. Yeah, they did lower the mound visits again. Oh, what is so it? So you only got five now instead of six. So here's so. the thing too about I'll say this, and it's actually going to be this will be a good segue into the movie I'm going to talk about in a little bit in terms of time and like knowing what you're getting into. Baseball is a long sport. The fans who the people who go watch baseball games that are fans of baseball, they don't care if a game is four hours. No. Would they would they like it to be shorter? Sure. Who wouldn't? Right. You know, if you're watching a one nothing pitchers duel, well theoretically that would go quicker because it's somebody right. else. But let's say it's a slug fest. You know, it's a ten ten slug fest headed into the, headed into the seventh and all those pitching changes and maybe potential uh, batting order changes and whatnot. The fans who are diehard fans of baseball, they're right. okay with sitting at the ballpark. Right. For three and a half hours. Well, like, and that's why I get a little frustrated when they try to make all these rule changes. Like, we're trying to make it shorter. It's like, who's asking for it? Who's well, asking for it? The 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 people who come every once in a blue moon are like, these games are too long. I can't bring my kids to this. The, the well, reason for you, the, all these rules are being made to short games aren't for the people in the stadium. Mm -hmm. They're for people watching at um, home on TV. They want yeah. games to be shorter to. Uh, to affect the people at home watching on TV to take up less of their time and so they can expand the viewing viewership. That's why all these I get changes that. are being I, made. I, I, I get that. Because you're right. If you're at a game, yeah. you I wouldn't care if I was there for 10 hours. Yeah, you know what I mean? I just love being at the ballpark. And when you're at the ballpark, you don't even really check the time, really. Yeah, and, that's and, fair. You know, so it's just the rules are being made for watching games at home, and we don't like it, but that's the way it is. And that's the thing, too. 
for me, if I'm at home still, I don't care. You know, no. I, I get more annoyed at the commercials than I do like, oh god, another pitching right. change. It's like how many more times do I need to see this Geico commercial. You know, I could care less if there's nine pitching changes throughout a game. You know, when I'm rolling onto the thirteenth Geico commercial, that pisses me off. But you know, that's a whole other thing. But right. in general, just kind of, if I know what I'm getting into in terms of time and like it's a commitment, I'm cool with it. What I don't like is when I have something sprung on me. I'll never go into a game being like, well, this thing's got to be done in an hour and a half because I got shit right. to do. I'll just it's pointless, you know. Right. But. Also, I think when when you go to a game, you plan on it being more than the three hours of the game. It's like a day activity. Yeah. Like I would like I'm going. So I'm, we're going to Bush Stadium in a couple weeks. Me and my dad. Like that is, and that's kind of a different circumstance because that's like a trip we've made out of right. it. But I know it's not just gonna be like, all right, game starts, right. game ends, we go home. Like we're gonna go, we're gonna go out, we're gonna get yeah. some drinks before the game. We're gonna People chill. Commute. Here. We're gonna yeah. commute. You know, I mean. Um, I'm going to try to catch a Tiger Sox game in April. You know, I mean, it's it's a whole day's thing. I'll go out and drink. And no, I don't need it to be done in three right. hours. I I love being there. Yeah. I know some people, they don't. And I get the thing you said about the at-home thing. But for the diehards, like all of us, I don't really care about these yeah. rule changes. And actually with the one in particular with the uh, three-batter rule, I don't like that rule. Right. I do not like it at all because I don't think so either. it totally not... eliminates matchups. Right. I... I don't mind rule changes when they don't affect what is considered the fabric of the game. And to me, the pitching rule where they have to face a minimum of three batters, assuming it's not the end of an inning, um, sort of affects the fabric of the game. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm not in favor of that one as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, all right. Anyway, that was a nice baseball talk. Um, We are going to be in a little bit after we get done talking about this. I guess I will. And you can ask questions if you'd like. Uh, but at the end, we're going to talk our top five favorite baseball movies. So if you're listening at home, start rattling your brain and thinking of your top five, and maybe your list will match up with ours. Yeah. Probably not. But actually, there's a very <laughs> good chance. My honorable mentions, though, are pretty dope. Yeah. I'm banking, and I'll say this again when we get to this, I'm banking on nostalgia on my list big time. Yeah. There's a, there's a ton sure. of nostalgia. So we'll get to that in a second. But I wanted to talk real quick, because uh, you got to review a movie on the Friday show. You reviewed right. us again. Check that out if you haven't already. Check out Tom's thoughts. I went and saw a movie this past Friday, obviously because the show's airing on Monday, and that's when people listen to it. So I went and saw this movie two days ago. That's how math works. Technically, three. However you look at the calendar. <laughs> I went and saw a movie I've been very excited to see for a very long time, and that's a movie called Dragged Across Concrete. Right. I'm assuming a lot of people are saying right now, I've never even heard of that movie. Right. What kind of joke is he trying to do right now? But it's an actual movie. It's directed by S. Craig Zoller. He's directed two other movies previously to this. Uh, one is called Bone Tomahawk. The other is Brawl and Cell Block 99. Let's get two things out of the way first. Uh, I was contractually obligated to be there because Vince Vaughn was in it. Right. Um, he's on this whole dramatic kick. I'm digging it. Everyone who listens to the show knows I'm a fan. Let's move on. The second, uh, this is a long movie. Kind of going with the conversation we just had. This is a very long movie. It clocks in at just under two hours and 40 minutes. So if you have any interest in watching this movie after hearing my thoughts on it and you're thinking, well, you know, if it's, I, got, I need an hour and a half to kill, I'll put this on, Luke was talking about it, uh, don't because it's a long movie, it's a slow burn, and yeah, I would just know that going into it. So the premise essentially is, and I, you've seen the, the trailer, I think I showed it right. to you. Of course. Premise is... I live with you, so I can't avoid it. Bada bing, bada boom. I did that again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> premise is Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn play two police officers who are kicked off the, suspended off the force when they are caught on video using excessive violence against a suspect that they're apprehending. And then from there, they're trying to figure out how can they provide for their families and whatnot, and they then decide to tail 
a group of criminals and try to steal from them, essentially. Okay. And then there's a bunch of twists and turns and yada, yeah. yada, yada, plot points. I don't want to get into that, though, because it's a spoiler. Lots of spoilers. Um, the one thing I want to say about this movie is I really enjoyed it off the top. I This is a very small market. Uh, this filmmaker, S. Craig Zoller, a lot of his movies he does are really small, but they've got definitely that cult following. Right. And I think this movie is his most and I hate comparing directors but I feel like or actors you know but that's such a thing we do like oh this is a very it's unavoidable we it's do unavoidable in, yeah sports too 100% yeah. Uh, this is this is his third movie Zoller this is the most Tarantino out of his three movies and I loved it because it is a two hour and 40 minute slow burner in which the first two hours maybe 210 is very little action tons and tons and tons a very good dialogue very good dialogue and some really compelling characters for all the wrong reasons in a lot of way right um and then the final 30 to 40 minutes is i was on the edge of my seat and i was like holy shit what's gonna happen i always know the good tests for me when i'm into a movie and like i'm tense my palms get really sweaty um knees weak arms are heavy there's bomber my sweater already mom spaghetti stumbled a little bit but you get you get the joke i was going for um and just the the ending in the last 30 to 40 minutes is incredibly tense, and I thought it was a, a very good payoff. Again, I don't want to get into spoilers. Uh, I thought the performances in particular, Mel Gibson is the lead of it, so to speak. It's him and Vince Vaughn, but Mel Gibson plays kind of the guy who masterminds this whole thing of them becoming criminals and whatnot. You know, <laughs> say what you will about Mel Gibson. I know he's got a very checkered past, right. to say the least. I will... This kind of goes back to the conversation we have all the time of the art over the artist and or the artist over the art whatever way you want to phrase it i understand he's said some horrific gross terrible things and that is that if you want to support him great if not that's your prerogative me personally um i think he is a not only a he's a very very good actor i feel i think he's a brilliant director i mean he's made some of the best movies i mean with from braveheart to Passion of the Christ, Apocalypto, recently Hacksaw Ridge. I mean, the dude can direct, but I think we also forget how good of an actor he is. And I thought this was a great kind of role for him. Uh, Vince it's Vaughn, been a while since he's had like a an acting role, like and like for what is better, less of a better term, like a good movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a respected movie. Yeah, I can't. He's think had a of, good role. I can't think. The last movie I saw him in, <laughs> you're exactly right to your point. Daddy's Home Two. Not a right. good movie. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I can't think of the last big Mel Gibson movie I saw that I was like, "That's a good movie." Signs, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel know. like it's pretty going far, pretty far back. But and I'm sure I've missed a few here and there. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would definitely say that. Now he was. I was, I was thinking Cinderella, but that's Russell Crowe. Um, right. Excuse me. But yeah. Um, so Mel Gibson was great. Again, you know, judge him how you will. Right. Go move on from that. Vince Vaughn plays his partner. Very good. He's continuing to do this dramatic kick thing, which I'm all for, but also he's kind of sarcastic asshole per use. Um, and I thought he was really well done. I think their chemistry overall is great. And when you're stuck in a car with these guys on stakeouts for a good chunk of the movie, if their chemistry is not good, it's going to suck. And right. for me, I thought it was very It'll make the movie drag. Yeah. Across concrete, you could say. <laughs> Uh, no pun intended. No pun intended. But yeah, I thought the two of them together were great, and they had actually uh, they worked together on Hacksaw Ridge, and then this is Vince Vaughn's second with Zoller, who did Brawl and Cell Block. And that's what I want to say about S. Craig Zoller, real quick. People, if you're if you're into like 
I know the the Scorseses are great and the Spielbergs are great. The Ron Howards, the Zemeckis's, all these these guys that have done just tremendous work are they're great and they're household names. If you're looking for younger directors that are like coming up the pipeline of people you should watch, look out for the name S. Craig Zoller. This dude is legit. He is so legit. I can't even begin to describe it from the time that he takes with his stories. Yeah. Yeah, he made a two-hour and 40-minute movie, but you goddamn right that it takes its time. Nothing ever feels rushed. The characters are all fleshed out completely. It's just it's a really well-done and really well-crafted movie, even with Brawl, a longer film, but it takes its time, and I never felt like anything was like rushed. Like, oh, they had to wrap that up quickly. I never felt right. that ever. Um, again, I would say if there's any th- knocks I would give it, yeah, with a two-hour 40-minute, I'm not going to lie, there was a minute or two I checked out, but that's just anything you know it doesn't matter what it is but for the most part it's a really solid movie and the other thing i will say about this movie and i gotta watch what you say carefully because we're not a political show right. i never want to be but this movie uh, has drawn some critiques because the characters that mel gibson and vince vaughn play are incredibly misogynistic uh Racist, yeah. you, you you would call them the way they they in handle the, movie, the beginning when they get suspended for yeah. roughing up a suspect. Is that suspect a person of color? It is a Hispanic man. Okay. It is a Hispanic man. Yes, uh, and yeah, it, that that's it's tough to watch, you know, as I assumed it would be. But at the same time, and I will say this, I'm not trying to you know spark debates. It's not or preachy though, right? That's exactly what I was yeah. going to say. I was really worried, uh, not worried, but cautious with this movie. I didn't want this to be a two-hour and forty-minute movie. Trump is God movie, and uh, that's what I was worried about. And I and I I should not have even been worried about that because it's not. It's not. It tells a story that it wants to tell, and I think personally, and I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I don't give a shit. This is definitely. I, I don't know if I would say this is a movie like this is for conservatives. Like you know, I I'm not saying that, but there's a lot of. There, it's okay for there to be counter-programming for both sides. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what I'm getting out here. And if would I what let's call it this way would I send a group of incredibly strong and empowered feminists to see this movie? Absolutely not, because I think they would be repulsed by it and they would yeah. walk out within the first ten minutes. Would I send? Um, you know, I've got family who are on the right that support Trump and, you know, just can separate everything and policies and whatnot. Would I send them to see it? Absolutely. 100%. You know, I would send people who I know on, on the left to see it. I, you know, I just, it gets real tricky, I know, and I'm not trying to go down that road of everything. Right. I do think, though, that if you're into a movie like this, darker stories, darker themes, realistic stories, realistic themes, I'd say check it out. It's never too preachy at any point in time. There's only one scene in the beginning uh, that I was like, okay, this is kind of pushing it a little bit, but soon after it's gone and forgotten. And you would imagine so because it's two hours and 40 minutes. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, again, S. Craig Zoller, he's an incredible director, and I hope people give him the the time of day that he deserves and his films deserve. And right now it's available on YouTube. You can catch it in very limited theaters, and you can rent it on YouTube. Did I say YouTube already? I'm sorry. Video On Demand. Uh, That's the other one you can get it on. Uh, How old is this S. Craig Zoller guy? I'd say 30s or 40s. Do you ever anticipate one of his movies getting more mainstream attention? It's funny you say that, because I think out of the three he's done, this is by far his most mainstream. Um, And even I would agree with that, if only because... Of the three movies he's done, this is the only one I heard about or saw advertisement for yeah. outside of you before it came out. Exactly. And I think that 
um, with this one. I think uh, Lionsgate helped distribute it. So, I mean, it had a fairly recognizable name behind it and everything. So, yeah, I, I, th I do I think so at some point? Yes, and I hope he does because I think he is that. He's, he's just a very... I'm sorry. <laughs> you know... We have rules about the Hey, they have the beat the Blackhawks. That's important in the playoff race. Okay, well, that's good for you. <laughs> um, what I was what I was going to say was, I would love to see him one day get his name and his films on the bigger mainstream I suppose media. this could be up to him, too. Exactly. It could yeah. be, too. Because um, I'd be curious to see if he does, because right now a lot of his movies are kind of labeled as right-wing right conservative right. delights, yeah. and I would be curious and to see if he got to that level if, you know... Yeah, how that would work and in today's for better or worse, world. Hollywood is a liberal community. Yes, 100%. And it it is hard, especially in this current political mm -hmm. climate, I could see it being hard for him to get more attention or get support, yeah. you know, for making a bigger movie. Yeah. So, but, you know, this doesn't preclude But then him. to play devil's advocate, Clint Eastwood just did The Mule last right, year. Right, No one's right. like, he's, To know, be fair, Clint had a lot of exactly. capital built up well 100%. before this. You're right. Climate, but um, you know that could you know things could tons of things could change in the next two to five exactly. ten years. My thing also, and I kind of want to just touching back on the character real quick, and then we'll move on from this. Is although these characters are one hundred percent flawed, and I would even go to the extent of saying not good people. You, it's almost like that anti-hero thing in a way, where you're still kind of rooting for them to make it out okay and get what they want to provide right. for you know on all that stuff. Um, and there was a couple. Just the dialogue. There was, and I can't really give it away because it would be a spoiler. But Mel Gibson has a monologue in particular, in particular, about why he's choosing to become a criminal to provide for his family, and it, in result, talks about essentially wants to give a better life for his daughter and his wife, and he's put in time over the years. And there's a few things he say in it. He says in it that although they're out there and definitely probably go against the liberal side of the world today. I kind of find myself not going, he's not totally wrong there. Right, yeah. You know? I mean, there's there's points. And in that sense, I would almost be curious to sit down and watch it with some of my more liberal friends and some of my more conservative friends to kind of see, like, can you guys not see that this part is wrong, but can you see it? And, like, can you guys not try right. to see each other's views and, I don't know, maybe Relate that's, a little bit. Maybe that's just, like, the, the mediator in me. Uh, I think both sides, in order to uh, get closer, need to talk and hear each other out. But hey, you know what? That now we're getting too now we're getting too Doctor Philly. But yeah, anywho, that's it. That's my very long-winded discussion review on Draft Cross Concrete. I'd give it like I'd give it like a solid eight out of ten. I really enjoyed it. Is it your favorite of his three? No, I, Brawl Brawl's still my favorite, and I have not seen Bone Tomahawk. Okay, yeah, so I, I need Tomahawk. to see that. Um, one thing, though, interesting note with this movie, compared to Brawl, this movie is nowhere near as violent. Yeah. Like, there's some great... There, this movie is more tense and suspenseful than Brawl, but Brawl is way more violent and gory and bloody and, you know, fighting and all that. There's some there's some of those moments in this movie, but, um, yeah, also, quick shout-out, I think the actor's name is Tori Kittles. He plays a big part in the movie. Um, it's hard to explain without giving spoilers. He has a part that kind of pops out... Uh, throughout the movie, and I thought he was very good. Also, uh, Michael Jai White, okay, uh, he's in it. Has a nice uh, couple scenes in there, and I think the two, him and Tori Kittle together, had really good chemistry. And they're like buddies, and they've had a past and everything, but they were really good. It's just one of those movies, like where, kind of like a Tarantino movie in the sense, almost like a Pulp Fiction, where all these different storylines kind of come to a head, and you're like, oh, cool. And if you're along for the ride, great. If not, well, 
go see Dumbo. <laughs> wow! That's it. You want to talk for a second so I can take a sip of water? How you sure. doing? Sure. I'm good. I'm good. Enjoying March Madness still. So, not that we have to talk about it, but yeah, because it's. Still how am I doing in the bracket? Uh, after the first slate of games, uh, which because at the time of recording we're in the middle of this second half of the weekend, so concur. So Sean was ahead on the first day. Uh, you were in third, I think. I was in second, maybe. I can't remember. I think no, I was in third. You were in second. Okay. Um, but as of the time of recording this, we were doing better on the second half of the weekend than Sean was. That's so, what I like to hear. Sean yeah. always thinks he's going to win. Yeah. It's very, he gets very sniffy with his, oh, I expect this to win. You didn't expect it. It's luck. You didn't expect shit. Come on. <laughs> Jackass. Just kidding. He's a good friend. One of my best. Love that guy. Uh, shall we get on to our baseball yeah. movies? Yeah. So we decided to. Yeah. I mean, when this podcast airs, opening day is only like four days after that. So Technically, the season's already I've begun. If you look yeah. at the 0 and 2, yeah, Oakland we already A's. talked about that last podcast. We don't need to bring. Oh, it back okay. Up. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm too angsty. I, <laughs> I I didn't pick up on that. You'll have to excuse me. So what Tom and I wanted to do today is go through our top five favorite baseball movies in honor of the MLB season already beginning, but mainly opening day happening in just a few short days. So. Tom, since you are the guest slash co-host, okay, you can go first. Anyone who's watched, listened to the show before, excuse me, knows how we do it. We go through our honorable mentions. We go five five. Well, right. I guess we're only going five five four four three three two two one one. One less person today. Yes, like we usually do. So I had to, so glad you nailed that. I had to readjust the math yeah. in my head, which is hard. Um, so we almost talked about this before on the air, but there are tons of baseball movies. Looking at Google, I was very surprised. Tons of baseball movies. One hundred percent. Um. Off the bat, some of, some of the movies that won't appear on my list because I've never seen them okay. are the original Bad News Bears. All right. I know people love that. I've never seen The Natural, which I know people Robert really Redford. love. Yep. Uh, I've never seen Eight Men Out, the Black Sox scandal movie. Neither have I. Um, and Bang the Drum Slowly with uh, Robert De Niro back in the 70s. Okay. It's a popular ne- baseball I've movie. never even heard of that movie. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, okay, so for my honorable mentions, I have uh, Basketball, okay. For Love of the Game. Go Tigers. Uh, yep. Uh, one of the 18 baseball movies Kevin Costner's been in. <laughs> yes. Kevin Co- has anyone been in more sports movies that's than Kevin Costner? That's what I was going to say. Costner? Sports movies Nobody. in general. Oh, He's, my God. Has he, done a, has he done a sport movie for every sport? Oh, my God. I think, yeah, not baseball? to get too off track here, but... Yeah, almost. It's incredible how many he's he done. He did Draft Day for football. Right. Golf with Tin Cup. Right. He did a movie where he was the coach of a high school cross-country team. Oh, McFarlane USA? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I just, I can't think if he's done uh, basketball. And, or, I feel like he's done a hockey movie, hasn't he? I don't know. Are we counting Mr. Brooks when he murders people? Because <laughs> <laughs> that could be. Yeah, I don't know. I think he should... Like, it's probably not a career goal of his, but it should be. He should just go out and do as many different sports movies as he possibly yeah, can. Yeah, he's done a Because at this point, he's like two-thirds of the way there. Yeah, he's almost, he's, he can almost uh, participate in all the Olympics. He's, yeah. he's been in so many sports-related <laughs> yeah. things. So, okay. It's an incredible amount of credits. Great. Um, but yeah, for love of the game, I love that. So he in that movie, he plays a pitcher, and he like hones himself in by mm-hmm. saying, um, clear the mechanism, and he kind of mm-hmm. like just clears his distractions. And I, I actually kind of loved it. I kind of adopted it in my day life to like call myself not day to day, but like in certain moments, like um, clear your head and just focus on what you need to focus on. Um, and I, I found it to be a good tool. Fun fact. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I, you're fine. I'm a Tiger fan. 
Never seen it. Ah, oh, well, it's okay. It's not yeah, great. I've, it's heard, I've heard it's all right. Um, and then my last honorable mention, and surprisingly, as an Ace fan, this doesn't make my list is Moneyball. Wow, super, that's yeah. a shocker to me. I yeah. honestly thought that might well, have been. Well, there's a couple reasons. Top three. Uh, I've read the book. Okay. Which is obviously a little more, a little more detailed about the actual story, and it's not, I, you know, it's on my honorable mention, so I enjoy the movie. I love the movie, but the other thing is, I was eighteen in that season, two thousand two. Mm-hmm. Like, I lived through that winning streak. Yeah, like all my memories were already dope. there, and the movie didn't necessarily add anything to that. I enjoyed the retelling yeah. of the story and stuff, but for me, like the experience in real life was just so big already. That I didn't need the movie to. It's hard for them to not portray that accurately. But did you feel they portrayed? No, it No, I think accurately? they did a good job. Okay, I think they did a. Very I know good sometimes because sometimes they have like one snippet of th- one thing that happened and they turn yeah. it into a whole movie. And as far as like the comparison between the book and the movie, the book goes a lot more into like the analytics age, like and talks about how like that team was really the dawn of analytics yeah. in baseball. Because Bill James, right? Yeah. yeah. Well. Uh, or, no, it? Michael Lewis, not Michael. Isn't Bill James? A name well, yeah, he's yeah. the anal- godfather of analytics, yes, okay. and he like wasn't involved with the A's, but he is mentioned heavily in the book. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, so Moneyball. Oh, my number five is Sandlot. Okay. Um, surprisingly, not a ton of baseball in this movie, so you could argue it's not really a baseball movie, but uh, it is in a way because it's about these kids who grew up playing baseball, and it was it's more of a coming of age story. Mm-hmm. But it's a great story about playing backyard neighborhood baseball. Yep. And as a kid, I loved better. that. Was, loved I miss that. it. I still do it. I, would, I still I do wish it. I could. My dad, we built a baseball field in my dad's backyard. And we play baseball there. We try to play once a year. My invite kids, must great. have been lost in the mail. I've yet to ever be invited <laughs> to showcase my talent at Seoul Stadium. Yeah, but... We actually call it Happy Fun Ball Park. What are with you and your family in these names? Super Happy Funland, Happy Fun. What? What? What what were you guys smoking? How much peyote were you on when you came up with these names? So, Super Happy Funball Park is actually yeah, yeah, I know. Happy Funball Park is actually named after Saturday Night Live skit. They, you know, like how they do those fake commercials for stuff. Oh yeah, they had one called Super, or they called had one called happy fun ball mm-hmm. only they and it's just like a red or pink or a small plastic rubber ball like the size of a baseball give or take and they spend like 10 seconds like talking about how great the ball is and then it's like 20 to 30 seconds of all the detriments of the ball and how it can cause illness and terrible things and it's just a very hilarious kit and so me and my one of my best friends from home brian mm-hmm. came up with the idea to call our ballpark happy fun ball in quotations park i miss uh just like pickup games of baseball and football we used to play that my my childhood home where i grew up wiffle ball oh my god wiffle ball games got so intense where i grew up when i would play with my friends i mean i can't tell you the amount of times people left the games angry at oh, one another yeah. that, like not wanting to talk like for the rest of the day until the next day when you play oh, again and then you win and you just totally forget the argument that happened the day before absolutely i can tell me how many times my friend paul and i got into arguments over whatever game yep. we were playing and one of us would storm home yep. and then the next day we're back at the other one me house and my friend John, doing the same game yeah so we were a good team he and i but when we lost it was like it was your fault he's like no it's my fault no it's your fault johnny we go after each other all the time but if i miss that so much so okay so number five, the Sandlot. I I completely yeah. agree, and we'll probably see that very soon. Uh, so my honorable mentions, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier in the episode. I'm going to say this right now. My list totally falls with nostalgia. 
100%. And I'm not going to apologize for it. Yeah, so. well, I think every movie I've seen here I saw before I was 20. You know what I mean? Yeah, or, or for the kid. most part. There, there's like a couple on here. There, these are all pretty much nostalgic. There's like one or two on here that I saw, and I was like, that's a good baseball movie, just straight up. But here are my honorable mentions. First is Rookie of the Year. Okay. Not much to say. Kid breaks his arm, gets yep. the pitch for the Cubs. And I remember when I broke my collarbone in the eighth grade, I was like, maybe I'll get to play for the Tigers. <laughs> they never... Suddenly be able to throw 120 miles an hour? I, that was not... They didn't call? Tigers didn't did call? They did not call, unfortunately. Uh, another honorable mention I have is Little Big League. Okay. Same kind of vein of like, little kid becomes the manager of a Major League Baseball team. Well, he becomes it's, the owner of the Twins, right? Well, yeah, he becomes and, like and the then owner, he, and then, the, he, then he becomes the manager. Yeah. He fires the manager. Yeah, I mean... It just fantastic. It's just fantastic. Fun kid movies, yes. Also, both of those, I believe, maybe not so much Rookie of the Year, but Little Big League has some, if I'm not mistaken, some great uh, MLB cameos. I know Ken Griffey Jr.'s in there. I won't, actually, in a way, I'm going to spoil Little Big League for our listeners, so please forgive me. He catches the like the game-winning home run that would have sent the Twins to like the uh, World Series or the ALCS, one of the two. And uh, so he's almost in a way the villain of Little Big League, Ken Griffey Jr. I believe I'm. I think that's who it is. I've seen both of those movies when I was a kid. I remember enjoying. Yeah, them. they're great. They're great. Yeah. You know, kid movies. This next one's a bit. Actually, I'll save this one that's on here that you had on yours or you had not seen. Bad News Bears. Okay. I've seen the original one with Walter Matthau, and then okay. I saw the remake with Billy Bob, with Billy Bob Thornton. Thornton. I, like I have both. seen that one. I think they're both very fun. Obviously, I probably gravitated a little bit more towards the remake just because it was more current when I saw it. I remember like seeing it in theaters actually. Um, but even watching the original, I was like, yeah, this is this is funny. Alcoholic, right. you know, schlub becomes a, a Little League coach. Hilarious. Um, I didn't have this on here, but I'm going to give it some love because I enjoyed it when we watched it a couple months ago. Major League. I enjoyed it. I was happy I could get some of the references behind it. It's by no means, I think it was a laugh out loud, like I've never seen anything funnier. Oh, yeah. Great sports movie at the same time. But it was very enjoyable, and I think it definitely should at least be mentioned. Um, the last two I want to, I have a lot of honorable mentions. The last two I want to say, one is The Benchwarmers. Okay. The Rob Schneider, David yep. Spade uh, comedy. Total nostalgia for yeah, me on that. I've one. never seen it. It's not good. It's not good. But I can't tell you the amount of times during summer vacation that movie would be on TV and I would watch it. I, it unbelievable. It was always on like five sixteen, which was Encore Stars, like those okay. premium channels. It was always on in the summer. So for me, that was uh, something very childhood like for me. And my last honorable mention probably was. Uh, Probably looked at as one of the worst baseball movies ever made, and also one of Robert De Niro's worst movies he ever made, The Fan. Mm. Have you ever seen The Fan? Uh, I've only seen a small part of it, so I know of it more than I know it. I mean, it's a simple, generic stalker becomes obsessed with a pro athlete. Which is Wesley Snipes. Which is Wesley Snipes, correct. And it's... I haven't seen it since I was like in middle school, but I remember watching it in middle school, and I really liked that. I really liked the ending of it. I thought it was really like emotional and powerful i'm sure if i watch doesn't it now, he like kidnap the outfielder's kid, kid yeah or he, something? so robert de niro becomes obsessed with uh wesley snipes he's a baseball player outfielder for the san francisco giants right. and he um he eventually like he gives him tips to make him better because he's in a slump with san fran when he gets there and then when Wesley Snipes starts performing better on the field, and they ask him like, "Oh, how'd you, you know, how'd you get out of your slump, whatever?" He doesn't give Robert De Niro credit, and I don't really think Robert De Niro ever gave him pointers. Maybe he did. No, and I'm it sure. was it was it's kind of a blur. But then he gets upset, kidnaps his son, and it turns into a whole 
charade. thing at the end. It's a it's it's very insane. But I remember when I was in middle school, I very much enjoyed it. So that uh, that's my last honorable mention, the fan. Uh, my number five though is Fever Pitch. Okay. This is a really solid movie. And actually, when I was just back home, not this previous time, but like a, right around Christmas, I watched this movie, and it is very enjoyable. It's funny. I've never seen this. It's it's a fun little rom com. It's Jimmy Fallon in a movie, which right. we don't really see that much anymore nowadays. No. Uh, well, this was 2004, right? 2005, yeah. yeah. Well, I think 2005 there. because I specifically remember when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. Mm-hmm. You know, after that huge long drought, they like they filmed they filmed during the actual celebration Correct. and like diehard Red Sox fans like being super pissed yeah. about them doing that yeah. and like getting involved with it. Yeah, who cares? They made a movie. It's pretty good. It's a it's a fun little rom com. It's from the Fairley Brothers. I enjoy it. It makes me laugh. It's got some great baseball things. Drew in there. Barrymore played. Yep, it's the J- Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon are the yeah. two leads. And uh, yeah, it's a very enjoyable, fun little baseball rom com. And uh, I think it's uh, I think it's worth the watch if yep. you haven't seen it. Okay, uh, my number four is Major League. Okay, um, this is definitely like a nostalgia. This is one of the first baseball movies I ever saw. Yeah, um, back to when I was a kid, and I just found it hilarious and has held a place with me ever since makes me laugh every time especially bob uecker also because my dad is a big brewers fan being from Mm -hmm. wisconsin and bob uecker is the announcer for many many years with the brewers so i was already familiar with him and who he was and um and then to see him in a movie because he's funny on air but Mm -hmm. not like he is in the movie because in the movie he's a little more crude and yes you know getting drunk and Mm -hmm. stuff but um, so it was, it's fun to watch him on screen. I've seen all three major leagues. Okay. Um, <laughs> Is that a two, good thing? <laughs> I, I guess it, it's a matter. It's from a certain point of view. I, have I guess it depends on who you ask. I just said I liked the fan, um, so continue. The two is good. Like two is along the same lines as one. Okay. The it's pretty much the same. Three is a kind of a whole different thing. Different cat, mostly different cast of characters, yeah. um, and not quite as good. Yeah. Okay, but. Isn't yeah. there one that they go to spring training? Am I thinking of the Bad News Bears back to spring training or something like that? Mm-hmm. The, the minor leagues or something? Well, three is back to the minor, minor leagues. leagues. Okay. That's why it's kind of... Bad News Bears is spring it, yeah, training. That's one of them. Right. Okay. Fun, fun. I like... that. I think my favorite part of Major League, and I might have said this on the episode after we watched it or whatever, I loved the guy who could hit the shit out of a fastball. Pedro? But Pedro Serrano? Anytime he got an off-speed <laughs> pitch, he would just whiff and he would get so angry. Hilarious! I thought that was really yeah. funny. That was my favorite. Well, that joke that the older white pitcher does when he drinks. So, like, Pedro Serrano has that little glass of rum in front yeah. of Joe Boo's, uh-huh. like, statue, you know, and he drinks the rum and he walks out in the field and he, go, he yells at Serrano, hey, bartender, Joe Boo needs a refill. <laughs> my friend Brian and I yell that at the bar when we go out with each other back home. We look at each other and tell each other that Joe Boo needs a refill. I like that. That's good. That's fun. Okay, my number four is Moneyball. Okay. I again, not to the same extent because I was not paying attention right. to baseball, nor am I an A's fan. So when that season did actually happen, I was oblivious. But I thought the movie overall is just real solid. It walks that fine. It it is it is a baseball movie. Sometimes though, I think it can in a way get misconstrued. You know, sometimes there's like I'm trying to think of like Foxcatcher, for example, which is ironic because I'm pretty sure the guy who directed Moneyball also directed Foxcatcher, Bennett Miller. I want to say. Could be wrong, but I think I wish, you're right. I wish Sean was here so we could fact check. I think you're right, actually. Um, Foxcatcher involves the sport of wrestling, but it's not about wrestling. Sometimes 
I feel like I've heard that with Moneyball, but I also think that's kind of ludicrous in a way because I feel like it deals so much with it. But at the same time, I guess there's not a lot of like, there is and isn't a lot of gameplay in the movie, you know what I mean? Right. So I think Moneyball is about baseball, but it's more about the front office of baseball yes, and not way baseball to on the field. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Like, there's no... There's no big baseball game like the the final, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, the they, big they thing show is that thing, it, but it, yeah, it'll cover their twenty game winning streak. Exactly. But, yeah. So I, yeah. I think, but that that's not even a knock on it. I'm just I I think regardless, I think it is a baseball movie, and I enjoy it. And I think Brad Pitt's great in it. That's a great cast. I think we talked about it in just a recent episode. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman, R.I.P. Chris Pratt. Yep. Um, who's the um, Jonah? Oh, we said Jonah. Jonah Hill. Hill um, Oh, there's someone else. He plays Ron Washington. I can't remember. I can't think. Uh, Spike Jones is in it too. Oh, he plays Billy Bean's ex-wife's new guy, okay. new husband. When they're sitting on the couch and like, oh, we got her cell phone. That's Spike Jones, the director. So, uh, yeah, Moneyball for me. I think it's a really enjoyable movie. And actually, I feel like every time a new season starts, I always watch Moneyball. So mm. that means I'm probably due to watch it in the next couple of days. Yeah. So, all right, that's my number. Should four. you ever get into books, read Moneyball. What are those? <laughs> Read Moneyball, assholes. Walks are as good as hits. You know what that's from? No. The internship. Mm. Mm. That's why I didn't get it. Mm. Well, that's your own fault. I've seen the internship, too. I have it on DVD. Would you care to watch it? Oh, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Go watch the third major league again, prick. Okay. Go ahead, prick. Uh, My My number three is Bull Durham. Okay. Um... Uh, another Kevin Costner yeah. movie. <laughs> so, yeah, that. Um, we I think we've talked about this movie before on a different whatever, but I think it's just a really good story. It's yeah. funny. It's dramatic. Mm-hmm. It's about minor league baseball, which yep. you don't see a lot. You know, most people, when you see, when a lot of sports movies are made, it's about championships or some big game or whatever. Yeah. And this is just about... An aging catcher toiling in the minor leagues, mm-hmm. and a young rookie pitcher, and trying to kind of, um, yep. you know, you know, crossing paths, and yeah. the relationship that they develop along with Susan Sarandon's character. Um, yeah, I just really, really enjoyed. The movie. I feel like with Bull Durham, spoiler alert, is not on my list. I, th- I think it's, I enjoy it. It's just kind of, it's just, it's one of those. It's, it's good. There's nothing wrong with yeah. it. just being good. Also, this could go on the list of not really being about baseball. Exactly. Itself. Uh, but I feel like every time I see like the top twenty greatest sports movie of all time, Bull Durham is always on that list. It is, yeah. and uh, once again, Kevin Costner uh, just repping for the sports movies, right? Uh, but yeah, I, I totally can agree with that with that choice. Years, it's it's referred to as one of the classics when it comes to sports movies, let alone baseball movies. So I get it. Um, my number three is The Rookie. Have you ever seen The Rookie? I have not. This is. I know this story though yeah. because again I was around around yeah. for this story when it was when it was uh, happening. Yeah. yeah, this this is a typical Disney had a run from like two thousand to two thousand and five or six, let's say, where they made these actually really well done sports movies. Did they do Miracle too? They did. Let's see if I can. They did. Remember the Titans? Miracle, The Rookie, Glory Road, Greatest Game Ever Played, and then they. And then I don't know. They did some more. They did that McFarlane USA right. Secretariat, but those are like the big four or five that I could remember. Um, and the rookie for me is probably next to Remember the Titans. Probably is my favorite of their like live sports movies. Okay, <clears throat> I just think it's a it's a really inspiring story. I think Dennis yeah. Quaid is great. It's got 
I've said it before on the show, anytime there's even a semi-competent and well-done father-son relationship in a movie, I'm automatically going to be hooked. Right. And there's a really good relationship between Dennis Quaid and his son in that movie. And it's also just the thing of a lot of these sports movies, it's chasing your dreams. Now, here's this late 30s to early 40s science teacher from Texas who always had a dream to pitch in the majors and, you know... He goes for it and right. he succeeds. You know, it's great. I still sometimes wonder. I remember when the, cause there's a scene in the movie where, and it's a very bizarre way he does it. He goes like by when you're like driving on the road and it like yeah, shows yeah, yeah. you your speed, yeah. how fast you're driving. He goes and throws balls past that, and that's how he gauges his speed of where he's at. And I remember as a kid, I wanted to do that. Right. But you still can. No, I can't. It's illegal. You can um, just go find one. You don't have to throw it at the sign. Just throw it by the imagine sign. Imagine if there was one like on Clark Street, and it like was <laughs> gauging your speed, and my dumbass is out there hurling baseballs on a Saturday afternoon. I'll go stand. Fi- you know, I'll go stand <laughs> behind the sign so I no, can no, catch it. No, no, but he didn't have anybody. I know. So, so that's why chucking, he can't be there. Was he just chucking like a whole bucket of balls? Essentially, like it? he opens his pickup truck and he just like starts just chucking. Fucking, fucking baseballs at I like the to think he said one ball and he threw <laughs> he it go run down and, and retrieve it. it every time <laughs> he went oh god damn it and then like he and then he throws a bunch and like he doesn't think he, he like clocks in at like 60 or 70 miles per hour and then he walks to go get the ball and then when he walks by the sign flickers and it shows he was throwing like 98 mm. it's you know it's the cheesy Disney sports right. movie but I think they're really well done and it's got a great scene at the end with him and with Dennis Quaid and his dad and it always makes me choke up a bit because I I'm an emotional turd. Okay, great. Tom, go ahead. Uh, Speaking of emotion, my number two and Kevin Costner's Field of Dreams. Great. Um, This is, for a long time, was like my favorite sports movie, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite sports movies. It kind of just moved down a notch because I decided, because this is back to the conversation about it being not really about a lot. There's not a lot of baseball played in this movie. Well, While that, baseball yeah. is the central theme, though, of the entire movie, because it's all about his relationship again with his dad, and um, and then the whole thing with Terrence Mann, and I, 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 more so than any other sport, baseball loves the history of its own self. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like baseball of all the sports, baseball kind of gets off on itself. Yeah, you can say it. it's yeah. all right, and and fans to a degree feed into that. Yeah. They love. The history of baseball more than any other sport. I agree. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, it became the America's pastime for mm-hmm. a reason. Yep. Um, yeah, and I think Field of Dreams really kind of taps into that mm-hmm. history of baseball while we get into like the relationships in that movie, and I just yeah. really enjoy it. I yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Um, and I'll leave it at that. I, I agree with every point you just made. I will challenge you a bit though. You said that it was your favorite until recently. Yeah. And you kind of had some... Let's be honest. The real reason that it's not your favorite anymore is because you saw, finally, Martin Lawrence in Rebound. Yeah. That's absolutely. Why. That's yeah. your favorite. That's yeah. your number one. For I sure. Favorite. Even though that's obviously not a baseball movie. It doesn't need to be a baseball movie. It's just a sports <laughs> movie. So it's one of your favorite sports movies. Yeah. yeah. So maybe you said baseball movie. I wasn't really listening. No, I did. I, I was sports. too worried about uh, processing sports, the joke in my yeah, mind, no, if we're being honest. Okay. But um, Martin Lawrence, Rebound. Yeah. Next week we're doing our favorite basketball movies. <laughs> That's going to be mine. My number two is The Sandlot. Okay. Uh, every every point that you said earlier, it it's just a classic movie. This kind of goes back to what I said about the Benchwarmers and my honorable mentions. This was also a movie that was always on TV and still is always on TV. My brother Stephen 
Yeah, because I don't had, know like, anybody who copies. doesn't like yeah. the Sandlot. He had like three copies of it on DVD for whatever reason. I'm not <laughs> even kidding. I remember there always being like multiple copies around the house. I'm like, why does he have so many copies of the Sandlot? <laughs> and why is he just not watching the, the version that's on TV right now? Not even edited out for commercials or anything. It's just the full movie. But hey, I can't. Does he still have three copies? Probably does. And I can't blame him for having a collection because I have a collection myself. Yeah. Not of Sandlot movies, just of movies. Maybe you should steal one copy. You have your own copy. I think I stole his copy of the Polar Express for real. It's in our <laughs> it's in our cabinet over there. Sorry, Stephen, if you're listening, he's not listening. Uh, yeah, it's just it's such a it's a it's a classic movie, very coming of age story. Yeah, it's maybe not all solely based on baseball, but it just deals it like every time I watch it, I feel like a kid again. Like, and it, yeah. it deals with so many things that kids deal with, you know, with uh, summer nights and playing baseball, you know, you know, stupid small town rivalries, going to the pool and seeing girls and that whole thing and haunted houses in the neighborhood and fairs and you know breaking your parents rules going out past curfew all that stuff it's just it's great it's it's truly it's a very coming of age movie and it's just very catchy i also saw that they're doing a like tv series of it yeah i don't know what it's going to entail that seems unnecessary everything's getting a reboot though nowadays hey if they can make it like cobra kai with karate kid i'd be game yeah well it's like would you want so this reboot thing like of the mm-hmm. Sandlot kids as adults? Yeah, that's like what Cobra Kai. Is. Yeah, essentially. Like, and I don't know how they would like. What are they gonna? What are they going to do exactly? Are they going to? Is it gonna be a thing like where they're all adults and the kid they beefed with thirty years ago are right. all grown up and it's like the rich versus the middle class like baseball like i don't i don't or or the other way it could be it's like it's their kids and they're coaching their kids playing the other town's kids right. like there's only a few options you can do i feel like um but we'll see you know i i, yeah. I don't know as long as benny the jet rodriguez is in it and he's wearing those uh pt flyers i want to yeah. say uh yeah. you know we'll be a-okay so that's my number two the sandlot and Good. your number one my number one is a league of their own cool very um, cool i've loved this movie for a long long time mm-hmm. i just think it's a really quality movie about a little known story mm-hmm. that is like was a huge deal back in the 40s yep. like you know we were in a world war and baseball wasn't happening and then they got women to play baseball yep. and it's just and it happened in here in the midwest mm-hmm. essentially and um, I think it's a plus one of the teams was in Racine, Wisconsin, which is where I was born and my mom's family is from. Great. So um, it just had a personal connection there, even though my family didn't have anything to do with the movie or the team, yeah. per se. Well, that would but be cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I just think it's a really quality, moving story about a really cool piece of history. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Um, it, the cast is very interesting, different, and diverse. Cast. Yep. Um, yeah, I just really enjoy it. That's a I have not seen that movie in a long time. That's a movie I would like to rewatch. In all honesty, it has been a long time, like a long, long time since I've seen it. So, for, from what I remember, when I watched it, like in the first or second grade, I enjoyed it. Hmm. I think like my dad showed it to me or something like that. And uh, yeah, it's it's a good it's a good flick. I can't disagree. And it's interesting. You don't always hear that as your number one. You hear a lot no. of like Bull Durham's or yeah. my number one, which is Field of Dreams. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. That's a cool. That's a cool little obscure pick. I dig it. I dig Thank it. You. So, as I said, my number one is Field of Dreams. This isn't a surprise here. I think when we did this, our favorite sports movies on a previous episode, it was right. my number one sports movie. 
yeah, does it maybe not follow the game of baseball so much and its other elements to it? Absolutely. However, I think there's just enough that it makes it so compelling to watch as a sports movie. And again, like I said, it's got arguably probably arguably the best father-son story maybe in movie history. I would agree with that. I mean, I'm sure there's some other ones I could think of off the top of my head if I really sat down and thought about it, but it's got to be at least top five. There's a few there's few scenes in movies that I can watch uh, that will always make me tear up, and the last scene at the end when he, with his dad, uh, it makes me, it, al- yeah. it always chokes me up a bit. Without a doubt, I always think about me and my dad, right. and it, it always gets me. It's just really well done, and out of all of Kevin Costner's sports movies, I think without a doubt that is his best. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, again, all the points you made and all the points we've talked about in the past with it, it it's one of those iconic ones. Any sports movie list you always look at, Field of Dreams is going to be on there. Bull Durham is going to be on there when it comes to baseball. So, you know, that's where I stand there. No real big surprises. No. Surprised uh, we didn't have, I can't even think of a, a goofy baseball movie to rock <laughs> with right now. Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. Oh. It's a Disney Channel original movie. Yeah. Kid wants to, he plays baseball, but he wants to cook. And then his friends give him shit for wanting to be cook. a cook. And it's like, I wish I wish my friends encouraged me to go be a cook instead yeah. of play baseball. would have been better off in the future. You have dope food when you got done playing baseball. Exactly. You always made like these classic dogs and everyone was like, they're Eddie dogs. But then 40 minutes later, they're making fun of him for making yeah. Eddie dogs. So also, those friends aren't is, good friends. Is he even any good at baseball? He's okay. Because like, like, I feel like if people don't want to play baseball, most of the times those people aren't even very good. So it's like, great, I don't want you here anyway. If, if it pleases good. the court, let's ask this question. When you're 45 years old, you've got three kids, a wife, you're trying to pay your mortgage off, you're working a nine-to-five job, and when you come home from a shit day at work, what's going to be more <laughs> beneficial to you? Having great cooking skills or being able to say, yeah, we won our regional championship when I was in high school? I think I'm going to go with the cooking. The defense rests. <laughs> That's what I have to say. That's it for this episode of the Unemployed Guys podcast. Thank you, Tom, for joining me. Pleasure as always. I hope you've enjoyed co-hosting the past couple of episodes. A life joy. You can be honest. Who did you like uh, interacting with more? Myself. Okay, good for you. (laughs) Took the political way out. I appreciate that. Uh, Where can everybody find you? At Tom is America. I know you guys talked about it last time, so I don't really want to get into it, but I thought I would just give you another chance to plug your social media. You can find me at the Bob Luke. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Unemployed Guys. You can like our page on Facebook where the Unemployed Guys is always. Please. Feel free, feel, oh my God, feel free to rate and review the yeah. episode. There is no fee. There is no you fee. You do not have to pay. But you can feel free or yeah. free feels. Who knows? Mm. My Venmo is uh, T-Souls if you do want to send money. Don't be, don't be, <laughs> don't be gross like that, Tom. Oh, <laughs> God. But speaking of self-promoting, uh, you can uh, rate, review, subscribe to our show on Apple and Spotify. Leave comments. It helps a lot, and uh, it makes us happy. So... My name is Luke Chaconis. Thank you so much for joining. This is the Unemployed Guys Podcast. Now, why would you not just say your name? <laughs> God damn it. Because I'm not going to say Sean's sign-off. I had to do it one time, and it felt really gross. Yeah? Like, I didn't like it at all. Right. It was very well, yucky. you got to do it. I'm not going to say it. We're just going to end the episode. Oh, I'll say it then. You're going to say it? Yeah, sure, I'll but say it. But you're not Sean. I know, but you got to say it. Oh, my. It's like the tagline of the show. Well, when we did the movies episode, you said, go watch a movie. And that That's was- true. Actually, how about I? That's true. I, got I can. I can. Oh, do you want to do one? I can think of one. Okay, great. Okay, so you go first. 
Thank you all so much for listening to the Unemployed Guys podcast. This is Tom Souls. My name is Luke Chaconis. Thank you all so much, and please go play some baseball.